I wanna be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a million every week. I wanna be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a billy every week. I wanna be. Ladies and gentlemen, how you doing? Welcome to another episode of Sleep is for Billionaires, the podcast. I am your host Johnny Vegas. Now today, ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a treat. I got a special guest on my show. This woman is a lifestyle influencer. She's a host. She's the founder of XX Creative. And we're going to talk a little bit about her business and entrepreneurialism, if that's a word somewhere in there. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Drea B. Hi. How you doing, lovely? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, yeah. life is good. Can't complain. Sleep is for billionaires. You don't see these bags on the I know. I feel you. What <laughs> is sleep? Who knows about that? Right, right, right. <laughs> so how you doing today? I'm good. Things are good. Busy. It's always busy yeah busy or productive both okay you gotta do okay. both you move gotta be productive you gotta, gotta be busy move, move, move in a little bit yeah. Yeah. Come in. there we go don't get shy, don't get shy. <laughs> there we go but yeah so um now that's what's up man as long as you're staying productive keeping the money coming in i know you're traveling crazy you was in uh, vegas right i was i just got back from iheart festival we were out mm. there um Actually, you had damage on the show. We were out there with Hollywood Unlocked. Okay. So we were out there. Um, I managed Melissa Ford, so I was out there with her and, and the team. And, you know, just doing that whole iHeartRadio thing. You know, they they just got syndicated. So yeah. we were out there kind of networking and promoting the show. So it was good. It was a good trip. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome, man. Well, congrats on that. Mm. And um, so, again, this show is about getting insider information for those looking to be in your position. And you sounds like you wear a lot of hats, you sure. know. So, uh, you know, before we even get into, you know, how you even got into that, I want to go back to the beginning, beginning. Like, <laughs> where, you, where you from? I, I was born in Seattle. Okay. Uh, then raised by coastal so Brooklyn and Seattle. Okay. Shout out to BK. Hey. I'm from the Bronx. Uh, you know. <laughs> so, we did that. And then... Um, I, from Seattle, I went to college out there at Central Washington University, mm. and then from there I went to Vegas. Okay. Did five years of the nightlife, boxing, Mayweather, all the above, Ooh, you name it, okay. I was in it. As, 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 as... On the PR marketing side. So I did, I worked for the largest agency out there. So we had every client you can think of on the strip, okay. I touched in some capacity, whether okay. it was hotels, entertainment, nightlife sports so mm. yeah it was really cool we worked with like the ufc we worked with golden boy mgm caesars circus Soleil. so mm. it was a good time it was a good five years that's dope yeah man. okay yeah okay yeah. so before because you you kind of just ran past every, the, the grow up side, <laughs> oh, the grow side. Yeah. okay let's go so, back, back. Uh, yeah, so let's go back a little bit little bit okay. i want to talk so even as a youngster yeah. you know did, is this what you wanted to do back then? Like, what did, what was your first dream? Absolutely not. <laughs> there you go. I didn't. I didn't even know what my what doing marketing and PR. I didn't even know what that was. Yeah, for PR, Puerto Rico, now. Nah. No, I play. I play ball. I play basketball. What? That was my Me thing. Okay. That was my thing. So, I thought I was gonna be Allen Iverson. That was my favorite player, okay. and I thought I was gonna, you know, make it to the league and do that whole thing. So you play for school. And I all play for it? school and everything. Okay. Um, I got injured. Ah, uh, ankle. Knee. Ugh, ACL. Knee, mm -hmm, knee surgery. Um, it wasn't bad. It was just a tear, mm. but it enough to. You got to, you got to, crossed up to put me out. No, actually, she fell on me. Like ah. she, I, we were going back and forth, and it was full court press, uh -huh. and. She just did this like she just like leaned into me and like fell like on my knee like I didn't even move really but she like tried to almost charge me uh, and then she just like fell but the way she fell she leaned into like my hip and oh, my knee just went damn yeah. and then they had you on the stretcher no I yeah. actually thought I was okay like I sat out the rest of the game mm -hmm. thought I was fine and yeah. then I 
went and played like just like a pickup game the next day. Mm-hmm. And when I for for the layup came down, just a wrap. Get back up. <laughs> I was saying I was honestly the end of my basketball career to be honest because how were you at this time? Um, I was probably about eighteen, okay. nineteen. Yeah. Okay. So you know, the, and I didn't really know what I was doing. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know what life was like you know in terms of career like i just didn't really think that far ahead to be honest like i'd love to say that i really thought that far ahead but i didn't i was yeah. like i play ball i go to school and like that's just what i do um but at that point i had to figure out life i had to figure out <laughs> what was next and really my parents kind of were pushing me to they came from an insurance my mom came from an insurance background so did my grandma okay and my grandma's actually really big in the insurance and you just grew up with your mom and my grandma yeah oh, so they, well, they, they I, I, I no they went together i had i mean my dad kind of popped up, but it yeah. wasn't a consistent thing. Got it. Um, but my grandma was super heavy in the insurance game, like one of the most respected ones on the West Coast. Uh-huh. So it was kind of like they were trying to push me into like, insurance. oh, you can make money and all that. Security. Yeah. yeah. You can't, like, I'm too creative for that. Yeah. Like, I just, I didn't have, I have ADD. I can't, like, sit still for five minutes. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So that was never going to be the nine to five behind a desk was just not. My, my thing so I thought journalism would be the next best thing so I was like well maybe I can do like you know work for ESPN or something like that you know what I mean something still with ball but not playing yeah um and then them deadlines with like journalism and stuff like that uh-huh. again was another issue for me so you actually were working with went ESPN into I went in actually went into the journalism program at my school okay so okay. we had um like ESPN and them come through and stuff like that so that's kind of what put the idea in my head that uh-huh. I thought maybe sports journalism so they were looking for like interns and stuff? yeah okay and then I just realized that was mm. not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had already taken all the credits, so I was like, I gotta do something with these. And my advisor was like, well, what about public relations? Like, you like to be social, you like to be out at events, doing all these different things. Like, maybe that's, you can be like the connector between media and like the business. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that sounds like a good idea. Majored in it, got an internship in fashion, actually. Graduated? Graduated. <laughs> oh, um, thank you. And that's kind of where the start was in fashion PR, actually, in Seattle, mm. um, which didn't have a huge scene at the time, but they did have it, the Art Institute and stuff like that. So I was interning with like that kind of stuff, Seattle mm-hmm. Fashion Week. Um, so that's how I got started. Yeah. Um, but from there, I realized, again, fashion, it's a nasty, at that time especially, it was a very nasty, exclusive industry, you know. When you and, say nasty. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Like, yeah, let them know. Let them know what you mean. For well, and it's not like this now. Like, thankfully, people like you know Ashley Graham, Winnie Harlow, people like that that have really over, even Rihanna with her brand have really opened up the fashion world to be inclusive, mm. all different body types, be different, be unique. You mm. know what I mean? And that's awesome. Right. When I was interning, it was still very much you need to be a size zero. Mm. It, not very diverse in terms of ethnicity and if it was you were very sectioned off into like well you can represent you know urban brands but you can't you know be couture fashion Mm -hmm. and it was just something that I didn't stand by you know what I mean I I'm curvy I'm Latina I didn't align with anybody that was really out there doing it um from that standpoint and I just felt like it was an industry and I watched models and stuff like backstage just dying to be so skinny dying to be the next thing you know it was just like a rat race Mm. That was just really ugly, and I, again, it's not something I could support. Right. Um. So I had to switch out of that. That was like the next move. So this is, and this was where Seattle. This was in Seattle. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. So from there, I 
was just kind of, I was still in my internship, just working like a, a nine to five to, to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew I needed to be like in something busier, like entertainment or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And I had been just traveling with friends to Las Vegas. And so you were living by yourself at this time? Yeah, okay. I was living by myself. Okay. Well, I think I had a roommate, but I was living, you know, on my own, yeah, like yeah. doing my own thing. But I was bored. Like just Seattle was boring to me. The industry I was in wasn't doing it, you know, in terms of the PR side was fine, but just fashion mm-hmm. wasn't my thing. Yeah. Um, and we've been traveling to Las Vegas. Uh, I had a friend that had known Floyd Mayweather and his team for a long time. Mm-hmm. So we were traveling back and forth and I'm kind of one of those people that like, well, I do like vacation. I'm always like, what's going on? You know, yeah, I, I got to yeah, be in the yeah. scene. I got to see what's going on. Yeah. So after about the second trip, I like set up interviews, like started setting up interviews with PR companies, mm. things like that, um, and ended up on the third trip getting hired. Uh, and they were like, we need you here in two weeks. Oh, wow. So, and I had just moved into a townhouse. Like, I, it was just like two weeks. You got to figure it out. Mm. And... So at that point, like, let's get, yeah. I want to capitalize on that thought yeah. process right there. When they say, yo, I'm giving you two, two weeks, weeks, what was, what was, what was the grind? It was, and honestly, wasn't, I was excited. I wasn't, it wasn't really like, it, cause I don't know, just felt meant to be, you know what I mean? So I didn't really feel like the, the pressure, I'm sure looking well, I mean, back like on like, responsibilities yeah, exactly. wise, like it was a little, I'm sure I, I probably could have handled things differently. Mm. I got lucky because the townhouse we were in. It, we were renting and I was able to replace myself as like with my roommate so that she had another roommate I vetted the person so it ended up working itself out you yeah, know what yeah, I mean yeah. so I didn't really have any obligations in that regard I kept my car drove that down and just kind of packed up everything I needed and and did and that was kind of it it was weird because it was a new city I didn't really know nobody yeah. no family there like but it again it just worked itself i actually had the first few months i stayed with my mom's husband she had newly married uh-huh. her his sister mm. but i didn't know her mm. um so stay with them for a few months till i found my place okay and then that was and the start of vegas it yeah out. it did it okay. did and i think like that's like a super key point as i feel definitely be responsible in, in what you're doing and mm-hmm. i do think finances are important in, in strategy and planning but i also think you can overdo that right you know what i mean like if you're overdoing to the point where you're just like closing off all your opportunities because you're like well it might not be perfectly right i don't think that there's any perfectly right scenario mm-hmm. you know and sometimes especially like in, in the entertainment industry or an industry industry that's like fast paced mm-hmm. it's not you gotta go with the flow right you know and you gotta learn to adapt and kind of move accordingly otherwise you'll get left behind that's a fact yeah so i felt like this is my opportunity to to get out of you know seattle to change industries it's the entertainment capital of the world Mm -hmm. in terms of like nightlife and that kind of entertainment um i had a connection to boxing and and the tmt team so i was like i feel like it was just good it was meant to be yeah it was meant to be so when you got to vegas was it difficult to actually get the ball rolling did you just kind of jump in and it, things just kind of worked out through your affiliation yeah i think on the personal side it was easy to get the ball rolling because okay. i was you know i mean floyd's king of vegas okay, <laughs> so yeah. that was helpful but um on the industry side yeah i mean i was still kind of getting my grounding figuring out in vegas what i feel like a lot of people don't know is there's a lot of tourists that come in and out and there's a lot of people in that regard but the actual city and like the locals it's a small city mm-hmm. and the entertainment PR marketing nightlife side is even smaller. Mm. So it didn't take long to like 
figure out who's who, who the key players are and that kind of situation. So for the year, I did this small boutique company that hired me. And then I realized who was like the heavyweight on the marketing and PR side mm-hmm. um, and ended up, you know, figuring out who was the you know VPs and stuff like that, talking with them. And then about six or seven months after that, I got hired by them or okay. an offer from them to move over. Um, to be their account, I think it was account executive at the time or something like that. Okay. okay. Yeah. And that was really what changed my game in terms of putting me on the map for entertainment and nightlife marketing and working with like really, really big people, bigger than I had ever worked with in my whole like time doing it. Mm-hmm. And while I still had the experience on the like, you know, writing and that side, I hadn't worked for like really big brands and really, you know, big people so now I'm going from these little who you know startup companies to like Caesars Entertainment and MGM Resorts International and Cirque who at the time had just uh contracted the Michael Jackson estate to open their show so Mm. I was working with the estate of Michael Jackson and you know Floyd and boxing and you know so it it was the resume was built it was and fast like you know and and I will say this the cool thing about the company that I was working for is they once they trusted you like they're like just go go do your thing you know we don't care how young you are we don't care you know whatever if you're proving that things are good and you're doing your job like they kind of let you have free reign on that regard mm. so it was cool because i was able to really relationships i still have today right with clients because i was able to bond with them you know without being micromanaged or anything like that so that's cool yeah so cool. when did you decide to leave vegas mm. and come to l.a because <laughs> people come here and they be like, oh, I'm about to come here. I'm about to get discovered. It's about to pop <laughs> all the way off. Yeah. And it don't happen like that. So no. when you actually decided to come to L.A., you know, what plan did you put together to build a solid foundation for yourself? Yeah. Um, honestly, I've, I had gone back and forth a lot. I didn't ever feel like Vegas was the end all for me in terms of staying there. Um, I felt like it was a great jumping off point. I felt like it really boosted my career the way I needed it to. But about the fourth year there, I realized that I need to capitalize on this more outside of, like, I don't want to just be the Las Vegas person. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? That just, that wasn't my goal. I didn't really like Las Vegas in terms of, like, personally living there. Was there a lot of people doing the same thing? Was it, like, over... No, it actually really wasn't that oversaturated. And you were able to kind of find your own niche. You know, my niche was with artist relations, even though I was doing marketing and PR, like when I was working with nightlife or whatever, I was running heavily with managers, talent on the music side. So I was able to kind of form those relationships or media on the media music side. Um, so it was people kind of putting the bug on my ear, like, Oh, maybe you should transition to like the music industry and like mm-hmm. start doing it that way. And, you know, you have a passion for it. I used, to, I play guitar. Like I do have a love for music okay. and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, maybe, but I was still comfortable in my position. So I, it wasn't right away. But after I opened, we opened SLS Las Vegas, mm-hmm. um, which is now the Sahara, I think. And we had a lot of talent there the opening night. So mm-hmm. we had like Janae Aiko, Lenny Kravitz, Rita Ora, Iggy Azalea, Robin Thicke, John Legend, Redman Method Man, I think that weekend. Yeah. Like we're a lot of random artists and, and DJs and things like that. And there were so many coming in at one time. And mm-hmm. so I had a lot of conversations you know, with managers and, and friends that in the industry and they kind of convinced me, they were like, look, you need to, you need to like come to our side, like yeah, come yeah, yeah. do music and like be in that. And I had never worked for a label. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, you know, I heard a lot of shady stuff about that. I don't know if I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but as it grew, I realized that it was really was my passion. Um, and then it was deciding what city. Ah. Because when I was growing up, New York was, that was the, the music capital. The music, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So for, that's where the labels were. That's where the decisions were made. But at that point, a lot of that side had moved over to L.A., mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of the labels had put more money into the teams in L.A. The budgets were bigger in L.A. It was easier to move to L.A. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah. So and I felt like I could still still keep my connection to Vegas because it was, you know, it was an hour flight away or, you know, a drive. Yeah. So it just made sense. Right. Um. So I started looking for PR companies that focused in music, mm. found a boutique one that was trying to revamp and grow her music side of it because she had switched to branding but mm. she was representing kind of the old school acts so we had like gene simmons paris hilton on the dj side mm -hmm. afrojack boy george like just random people and i was like okay like i can grow this you yeah. know what i mean like i can figure this out so she was actually the one that hired me and moved me out to la okay yeah mm. so that was cool. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Found somebody that believed in you and then brought you on board and took the risk to set you up. Right. And really as a business owner, I think that's a that's something I'm learning now, now that I own my own business, is the risk and reward that you put into yeah, your staff. Management. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you you really do have to justify that when you're talking about budgets and salaries and, and things like that. Like if I'm gonna put money into you, whether I'm moving you out here, whether I'm hiring you and you live here, you know, that's still money out my pocket and risks yeah. that I'm taking to hope that you perform. Right. You know, she's investing in you. Yeah, exactly. So it, I mean, and it happened to me twice, you know, moving out of state both times, mm -hmm. you know? So I felt good about that, that people were seeing my work and, and respecting it and, and, believing, and believing in it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then my world kind of came to a crash about six months in. Oh, okay. <laughs> now we're getting to the tea. We're getting to the tea. And it, honestly, it was it's nothing against her. And especially definitely now looking at it as a business owner, I get it. Mm -hmm. But she had to go where the money was. And at the time, it wasn't music. And she decided she was going to... A family situation happened. And then she decided she wanted to switch her whole company into tech and brands. Mm. I had... And not even like lifestyle brands. It was like you know, apps or things, you know, things that like, I just really, out of all the PR I then had no interest in, had no like experience, experience relationships. So, and all of our stuff comes down to relationships with right. media or the, or other companies. Mm. If I don't have the relationships, then I'm just cold calling, you know what I mean? Yeah. Really? And being like, can you please write about this? You know? So she kind of sat me down and was like, here's the situation, you know, and you can either stay on board basically almost part time mm. And work on this tech stuff or take a severance and, and go. And that was probably the toughest decision I've had to make in what my whole career. You I took the money and I left. Because at the end that of the smart. day, you have to be happy. Yeah, you have to be... Money's important and always get the bag. But at the same time, you also have to know your strengths, know your weaknesses and and bet on yourself at the same time mm -hmm. and I was just at a point in my career where I put in a lot of years you know I wasn't brand new I wasn't out of college I had the support you know I had people that that you know backed me in a lot of ways so I was like I'm just it's like now or never almost I feel like if I hadn't taken that risk then I would have just stayed in corporate right my whole life you know and just gone to the next 
Yeah, you wouldn't have been happy, man. You mm-hmm. probably would have found yourself learning something that you weren't interested in in the first place. And, yeah. You know, have, then it would have became a job at that point. Yeah. Whereas now it's like, it looks like you, you love what you do. And yeah. It's, it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. And know? and I felt like, in my head, I was like, the, the worst that can happen, okay, it doesn't work out. You know, I don't, I, I run through my savings, I don't have money, and I have to move back home or something. Like, that would be, to me, the worst that would have to happen. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's, like, the very worst. So, I was like, okay, I'm okay with that. Like, if that's, if I have to, you know, close it up and yeah. call it a day. Take two <laughs> steps back and take three steps forward and be like that. Right. So, I took that, and she, she was cool enough to let me go with the clients that I brought in. Because mm-hmm. I brought in a, a few clients with her music artists and mm-hmm. talent. Um, so she allowed me to leave with them, which was really awesome because, you know, a lot of people don't start out the gate with clients. Right. So that was extremely helpful for me, um, to start off at the time was just, I was just freelancing. It it wasn't even a company at that point. Right. Um, to, to begin kind of like my journey into the entrepreneur side. So to go back and answer your question, did I plan on ever doing this? No, I never planned on being an entrepreneur. I thought I was going to be in the WNBA or corporate my whole life. Right. So I, I was thrown into it, but n- now understanding it, I don't know that I could, and I've been offered positions, you know, in the, like r- over the last year or so to come back into corporate. And I'm just like, hmm, I'm good. No, I can't yeah. do it. And the money was great, but I'm just like, but now I appreciate my, my time and how I move mm. that I, I don't think I could, unless it was a position where they were, you know, understanding of that. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could, I mean, hey, it's not for you then. Check you know in, nine to five. No. Yeah, it's not for you. So, so okay. So you came to LA six months. You had to make that decision. After you made that decision, you know, wh- what did you do next? Then it was it was hustle time. You had you know like that's the other thing is that the hard part is that you don't realize what corporate does for you in a lot of ways. You're talking about benefits, health insurance, pension, car, mm-hmm. pension, whatever, four hundred one k. Like all those things are like. You don't think about it. You're just, I'm here at clock in, 9 to 5, do what I'm brought in to do, mm-hmm. and that's it. So now that you're you're on your own, you've got to think about all those things, mm-hmm. you know? And so for me, it was just building up the clientele. So mm-hmm. when I say I was out everywhere, any event, I was saying yes to everything. Yeah. You know, I need to be here. Sure, I'll be there, like, whatever. Just mm-hmm. trying to network, get my name out there. Because, um, again, I had only been here six months. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have, and no family, like, didn't really have friends out here yet. So it was, I had to make all new relationships. Right. So that was, like, my next goal was mm-hmm. to get a lot of clients. Mm-hmm. Um, once I did that, things were good for a while. Okay. Um, but then I started to understand that my industry was changing. Mm-hmm. And what do you mean by that? Like, what happened? So... PR back in the day was like, again, I built on relationships. You were the middleman between media and talent, media and companies, whatever. Now, the best way I can describe it for people that don't know what public relations is, is to say that it's it's a part of marketing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not a just, oh, hey, let me make a phone call to this editor that I know and get you you know, the cover of Forbes. It, it doesn't work like that. And not to say that it's all paid either. It's not, but journalists all of the media got cut down uh, you know what i mean so their industries got smaller mm-hmm. so you now you have one editor covering everything okay you know and you have a million publicists getting at them 24 7 so your chances of getting features and things like that have become smaller so now you have to be strategic and you know talk about marketing and talk about 
viral moments and social media influencers and just everything was changing. So what used to be able to rely on PR for now has to be a part of a complete communication strategy and marketing strategy. Mm -hmm. So you can't have one without the other now. Mm -hmm. So if you hire a publicist and say, hey, like I want you to publicize what I'm doing or whatever, I hope that you have like marketing stuff to back it, otherwise it won't stick. So it became hard for me because we became the scapegoat. Mm. You know, well, my business didn't succeed or my TV show, you know, didn't get the, I didn't get the light from the TV show that I just did. Mm. It's my publicist's fault, you know, because uh. it was their fault that they didn't do it. When in reality, it's like, well, you also didn't go to any events. You didn't put any marketing dollars behind it. You didn't do ad buys. You didn't do, you know, all these other things to support your campaign. Mm. Um, and that's what people are kind of missing. So after multiple times of that happening to me, I, I was like, I have to switch. I now have to switch what I'm offering, right. you know? So even for the XX creative side, we've gone from starting as just a boutique PR agency. So that was the way, before you continue, that was the birth. That was XX, the birth, okay. yeah, of XX creative. Okay. So then we realized that we got to be more strategic with it. We mm. got to bring in the communication strategy, the marketing strategy, and rely on that first. And PR is supplemental. Mm. So... I partnered up with somebody who I had worked with out in Vegas mm. who came from both a design background and a PR background. And I was able to start the company, but rooted in the strategy, okay. not rooted in PR. Okay. Um, so that was kind of the shift of me moving outside of PR. what people were oh. knew me for. Okay. And that was a hard transition too, personally, because once you're kind of known for something industry, people like have a hard time wanting to have you do anything else right you know so if you ask somebody at you know republic records what is what does she do she's a publicist mm -hmm. that will be their answer till i die <laughs> you know yeah, what i yeah, mean yeah. so i've really had to rebrand myself too mm. personally you know to align with this new strategy that i was putting behind the company okay so now that you got this 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 formula you know already structured how has it been working for you it's been good. It's It's been, like I said, a transition. I will say talent is not as on board with that as much, unless they have a big team behind them, like a label or something like that. Mm -hmm. Because, again, they're, you know, and I think you would understand, too, is when you're a talent, when you're an actor, when you're something like that, mm -hmm. you're struggling to make it, too, you know? Mm -hmm. So money matters. Mm -hmm. Every cent matters. Right. So for them, it's like, you know, yeah, I want to bring on PR, I want to bring a communication strategy, but I only want to pay you X amount of dollars. Mm. Well, I can't really put together a strategy for that amount, you know? So explain that to me before you proceed, not to interrupt. So no, for someone who's looking for, you know, someone of your public relations or anything to help boost their buzz or their image to the general public, yeah. what do they have to consider before coming in as far as, okay, you know, how much money they're going to need, what to expect from you, what exactly do you offer that's going to benefit them. So explain yeah. that part. So basically what we try to do is we try to bring together, like, if I'm presenting a proposal to you, I'm going to give you everything in that mm -hmm. proposal. Mm -hmm. Like, it's going to be the highest rate that we have for your type of campaign on purpose because I want you to see what a strategy looks like. Right. Now, you can always come back and be like, hey, you know... I have a social media guy, so I don't need the social media support. Or 
I have a marketing manager. I don't need that side of it. You know, they'll they'll handle that part of it. That's fine. We we, we work with the teams that you know we're given, but I try to give everything in the campaign because again, it goes back to the support. So we can a la carte it all you want to, and I can say, okay, I'll just do your PR. But I'm very transparent with people when I say, while the money might be lower, like the retainer fee might be lower because we're just doing one thing. If you're not supporting those other things in, internally or however you're doing it with your personal team, mm-hmm. you're not going to get the results you want out of the PR. You know what I mean? So you have to have an entire strategy and team behind it. So it's not that I try to upcharge people and be like, get everything, but we need to talk about how this is all going to be laid out, you know, from marketing to social media to PR, because that's the only way you're going to get that full exposure now. So in order for you to do your job effectively, what do I need? Besides, like, and if it's money, a dollar amount, and what's that money going to get me? I mean, it's not necessarily a dollar amount. It's it's the team. You know what I mean? Like, you need some... Now, whether you hire us as a team on all of those realms, that's one thing. And a lot of people, like, examples like a brand. So internally, a brand is going to have most likely a graphic designer mm-hmm. or somebody on the design team. They're going to have a marketing manager. They're going to have maybe even an internal PR team. Mm-hmm. And then they bring us on to like amplify the strategy that they're putting together. Got it. Now, if you come to the table and you're like, I don't have any of that. I'm just me. Well, then now it's on me to supplement all of that for your campaign. When you say supplement, like, I, then, are you are you coming out of pocket? To do this for that person? Yeah. So, like, I mean, PR is nine times, now it's a little bit different, maybe like seven times out of ten, not pay to play. So, that's me, you're relying on my relationships for the PR side. Uh, Relationships I have with media, relationships I have with editors, whatever. But if you're talking about marketing and social media, yeah, because then I'm having to support with ad buys or promo or, you know, whatever, design, if I have to design your content for, you know, the social anything, media stuff, yeah. you know what I mean, whatever. So, yeah, that's all going to be, I either have to pay my internal team or I got to pay a vendor if I don't have it, you know, so. So how are you reciprocated after, let's say if you took that that risk and that, that you believe in that person, you put up some money for them, how do you get money back from doing that? Well, I'm, we work solely on retainers. Okay. So I'm going to look at you and say, okay, I'm, you're launching a song or you're releasing a song. Here's the campaign I'm going to put behind it. Now, and if I handle it all internally, this is the retainer that's going to cost me and my company and my time and my relationships to support that single you're going to put out. And then that's the monthly retainer that you would pay for that campaign. And usually a campaign is three months, like a, a small campaign. Okay. And some people will hire us on annually and we'll do, you know, every okay. year. Okay. Yeah. Now, because you mentioned, um, you know, someone doesn't basically have the money. They're just like, it's just me. You yeah. said you would cover it. Yeah. That's why I was, that's why I was talking yeah. about that situation yeah. specifically. Yeah. So we, if, if he was like, this is just me, like I need an entire team support. Okay. That's fine. But this is going to cost you more because I'm going to have to put more of my staff behind you mm. to, to supplement the staff that you don't have. Whereas if you're like a brand, obviously you're going to have internal staff in place you just need a specific uh, yeah situation yeah exactly oh okay got it got it yeah okay well that's what's up yeah okay Hmm. interesting yeah Hmm. because like a company we like one of the companies we just got brought on is like a cbd company Mm -hmm. and like we originally were just coming at them for pr because that's all they wanted 
And then I got a call the other day and they were like, actually, we want to do a pop-up activation, like a three-month like pop-up store, a, a whole launch party. Well, now my role has gone from just PR to project management. Mm. So my complete services are going to be completely different based on that campaign, you know? So we're not handling PR for them at this point. We're strictly handling a complete project management activation. But that's the beauty of like how I switched the company because I don't want us to be known as just PR because the reality is, is that a lot of times we are ending up doing these activations or events and things like that, which in turn generate PR yeah. and media come and attend and cover it. But that's not the core. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what's up. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're a workaholic. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You running around closing all these deals. Yeah. What do you do to unwind? What do you do? What does Drea do to have fun know, or relax? Right? Seriously. Um, honestly, it's hard. It's hard. Like, it's hard because when you're investing in, in so many different things, whether it's, you know, your, your business, your personal brand, things like that, it's, it's hard for even me to, like, shut off my brain. Mm. To be honest, I have to go, like, out the country, like, have no service on my phone, you know, to really, like... Cut it off. Okay. What's your favorite place to be? Um, so far, it's been Thailand. Thailand? I yeah. I haven't been there yet. I did my 30th in Thailand. Okay. And it was... Happy lady. Thanks. It was, it was fun. Mm-hmm. It, I, I love that. Um, but it was also one of those like, places that was remote enough. Mm-hmm. Like, you had Wi-Fi and things like that, but I couldn't be on my phone 24-7. Mm-hmm. So Why would you? It's something different. You'd rather see what's yeah. around you. Yeah. And for me, it's easy to turn that part off. Like, I don't need to be on my... Like, I'm not most people who's like, oh my God, if I don't, you know, be on my phone, I'm going to die. But the, where I do get anxiety is people trying to reach me. Because, mm. um, again, our team is very lean and very small. So, and a lot of it... especially you're the captain. Right. Yeah. And then when you're the face of it, too. And that was the thing that I wasn't used to either. Because I didn't... We didn't grow up with social media, mm-hmm. you know... Right, twenty four seven. So, the fact that this whole social media thing plays a, a part of my business, mm-hmm. like followers and things like that, in my own personal brain, I, I could care less about. Mm-hmm. But for whatever, but reason, we love you all. But we do. We love all the followers okay. and the comments and everything like that. But I didn't realize how much that played in, in terms of my actual business and like mm-hmm. people looking for me or checking for me. And then going to the business and then being like, okay, well, she's got this following. She's got, you know what I mean? She so, got to be official, right? So. That's where I feel like on my personal brain side, I had to step up my game because I didn't understand mm-hmm. that there was a weight put on like by having enough followers or so many followers or whatever the case was. So. Yeah, it creates a stigma to where it's like the more followers you have, it kind of determines your status. Well, it's not really that deep because it's like I know people who are like fucking billionaires. And they got maybe 600 followers yeah. on Instagram. Or they don't even have a phone. Like, or they don't even have a phone. Like, yeah. yeah. So it's like, you yeah. know, y'all really should switch. Y'all should really switch that mindset. Facts. Right? It's, it's fake, <laughs> you know, but it is what it is. It is. But it's also, especially if you're in like a referral-based business like I am, it it does play a role in, and, and, and it goes both ways. Like, I mean, not that I would be out there doing that, but, you know, you can't just be out partying on the ground like showing everything that you you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you know turning up yeah. because that might lose a business opportunity on the corporate side so you have to just be extremely cognizant whether you have 500 followers or millions of followers that people are following you i mean unless you're you're private you know what i mean mm-hmm. but for somebody that's in a referral based business i can't afford to be private right um i need people to check for me i need people to check for my company you know and things like that so it's 
I, I've had to really like pay attention to to what that all looks like. Understood. Yeah. Understood. As you should. Yeah. Okay. I see you're in the you're on the keto based diet. <laughs> yes. How's that going for you? It's good. Cause you're Dominican like me, and I, I had a steak for breakfast. <laughs> no, we can have. That's the cool thing about keto. You can. I couldn't do a like. Uh, the vegan thing, but that's not my... Okay, I thought it was similar, mm, like only no, plant-based products. No, I'm work. a meat eater. So okay. I had to find something that I could still eat meat and like veggies and like things, all that. So that's really what it is. The only thing it really cuts out is no sugar, okay, no I'm carbs. No carbs? Mm -mm. But doesn't your body need carbs like to burn? You can have... Well, everything has carbs. Right. You know what I mean? Like even vegetables have carbs. Right. But no carbs meaning like... Bread, pasta, potatoes, sweets, like potatoes, that. yeah, the, that kind of carb. So like starchy carbs. Ah. Um. Yeah. You can. Your body doesn't need carbs, and if you're working out on that lifestyle, you can add a little bit more on the carb side because you, you know, you're working out. You mm -hmm. know, so it's not completely because like my business partner, he doesn't work out at all, but he also does not eat any starch ah. period whereas i like i work out probably like five times a week so for me if i have a heavy cardio day like i'm gonna have like some kind of carb you yeah. know what i mean but so it's, there's not like a perfect science to it mm -hmm. but for me it works because it, it it's structured enough to keep me disciplined but not so much to where i feel like i'm missing out on eating yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know or i feel like i'm eating like grass 24 7 like that's never gonna work for me <laughs> that's what i thought when i said keto i just thought green and i was like oh man no no oh my God, no no i need carne asada i need the boy i need chicken right, right. i need all the <laughs> yeah so you can have all of that but yeah it's i mean it's it's like anything though like it, it, don't be that hard on yourself like while i promote it because i have brands that you know allow me to promote it mm -hmm. If I want to slice a pizza, I'm going to eat it. You know what I right, mean? Right, like, right. I'm not that serious. About, but I also work out. You know what I mean? So I don't feel guilty if I have a slice. You right. know, like, whatever. But I think it's all about in moderation. But the ones that, the people that go so hard on those fad diets, again, it just takes me back to, like, the fashion industry. Yeah. Where they're eating, like, a cube of cheese a day and, like, mm. a glass of water. Like, you just can't do it. Like, yeah, it's not yeah. how I was raised. It's not, you know. It just doesn't work. You know. Unless you're trying to kill yourself. Right. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, well, I like it. I'm not that serious about it to the point where I'm not going to live my life. Right. <laughs> yeah. So are, are you happy with what you're doing? I am. I think I am happy, but I think evolving is necessary. Mm -hmm. I can't stay in one thing forever and not evolve and try new things because um, that just doesn't work for me. So like even right now, on, on the personal side, I've, well, I guess personal and business side, I've started getting into, like, the cannabis and CBD side. And, How so? Um, it started as just, well, it started as... The it started as just smoking. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it started as, like, back in college, you know, like, a roll of blood. No, I'm just like, well, kind of, but, um, <laughs> but no. But, it's the, but, like, it started with the CBD client that had come on board, you know what I mean, kind of opened me up to that part of it, because... I mean, growing up, it's like, we knew it as just as weed, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. in a blunt, and, like, that's what it was. But now it's really become such a big business, mm -hmm. and I didn't realize the money and the, the support behind both sides, the CBD and cannabis side. So now that I've gotten more involved on the business side of it, it's allowed me to be in places and really see how it starts from, from the growing to, you know, 
harvesting to dispensaries to lifestyle to health and medicine so i just think it's something i support you know i'm not really big into like pharmaceuticals and and pills and prescriptions that's just not my thing mm-hmm. um and so i i think it's cool that there's an alternative that is natural you know what i mean and and they've started to explore that uh so that's kind of where i started but now on the business side of seeing the money and the branding behind it it's something that I have a niche for from the branding perspective, and it's something that I feel like I can capitalize on from like just personal lifestyle. So that's kind of where I'm at right now, kind of researching still and exploring like everyone else is. Oh, so you're not in it, in it, you're just interested. I'm in it in the sense that like we have clients that are okay. cannabis and CBD. But I'm not like an actual investor. Um, per- no, not, okay. not, not yet. Okay. I'm trying to figure out if that's the route I want to go, or if I just want to be a tastemaker in it, you know what I mean? Where it's like knowledgeable, help with the branding side and do it that way. Or, or like you said, like invest in something. Cause that, that part of it has actually gotten extremely saturated. Mm, um, yeah. A lot of investors, a lot of money behind the, the farms and things like that. So you're kind of at this point in the game, if you're just coming in, you, you are a little late in that, but there are other niche areas within the industry, that industry that, you can kind of find a lane for. Do you invest in stocks at all? No, but I have started with the cryptocurrency thing a little bit. Okay. That's as close as I've gotten. Now, there's some, um, matter of fact, off camera, I'll give you some info on the stocks hit. But with the cannabis stuff, you know, being that the market is so saturated as far as investor, it actually opens up opportunity for stocks because then the interest is going up. So, oh, you know, now be the time to put money put in. Put money down. You know what I'm saying? It's not even a lot of money you got to put in because right. shares is like maybe like $10, 20 a share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You put some in and as the, it continues to get saturated, the more it's going to grow. Right. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, we'll talk a little bit further about that. Yeah. But, now, but that's what's up, man. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're doing your thing, man. And it seems like, you know, you're helping people with their branding and their marketing, which, yeah. you know, this is the place to do it because everybody that's a talent needs that, mm-hmm. you know, and for someone like me who is doing everything on his own, I'm my own PR, my own, yeah. manager, my own booking agent. I do the editing, I do the interviewing, <laughs> I, I write the stuff, right? Know? and that's just with this, that's right. not including all the other stuff I got going on that I told you about, so. Wait, so mm-hmm. you ask me, so you're doing all those things, what do you do when you're not doing your business when stuff. I'm on wine? Yeah. Honestly, I'm thinking about business. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. You don't have to turn it off. That's such a loaded question because you, like, what do you do when you're on wine? Well, I can't. So I'm just going to keep working. You know what it is because it's just for me, I put so much pressure on myself to be great and, and you know, I have some high expectation for myself and I got a lot of support that I don't want to let down. Right. So that just adds so much fuel to my fire that. Mm-hmm my creative juices are always rolling but you know i travel a lot you know what i'm saying love to i've been to paris been to italy going to uh, seattle mall you know just came from new york you know what i'm saying going to florida thanksgiving so i like to travel um you been to dr in 1994 to see my real father okay point. i do need to go back i never been oh you got it i know it. i know i know yeah it's on the list yeah, try. The, I heard the resorts are good. When I went, I was actually in the city because I was staying with my with my real father at the time. Right. But I'm definitely gonna hit the resorts up. Um, yeah. What else? Um, I, I like trying new foods. Okay. I definitely like to try yeah, new restaurant. Yeah, I'm a super foodie. <laughs> but um, I love to work out. You know, what I'm saying I'm constantly in the gym when I can. Um, okay. Damn. What else? And um, I like to talk to my mother. 
okay. And she's still back in. She's in New York. No, she's in um Florida. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, man. And that's that's really pretty much it. Other than that, man, I'm just creating. You know, I'm just creating, creating as much as I can. Okay. I didn't really come out here to slow down. You right. Know what I'm I came yeah. out here to get keep it going. Yeah, sleep is for billionaires, man. <laughs> it is. No sleep. No yeah. sleep till, till you're there. Exactly. It's true. Are you the only child? No, man. I got uh. I grew up with my immediate sister, just one sister, but on my dad's side, you know, I got like <laughs> seven brothers mm-hmm. and sisters, you know, but I am the oldest. I was the first born, the first grandson, you know. So, oh, okay. Yeah. But that's, it's, all, it's a total of, uh, it's like nine of us. Okay. But I'm the oldest. The oldest. Got it. And yourself? Um, my mom's side, the only child. Mm-hmm. My dad's side is question mark. Uh, Papa <laughs> you know, was you know a Dominican. stone. Yes, <laughs> Dominican man. Mm. Yo, don't, yo, 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 listen, 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 don't do that, don't do that, you know, I mean, you're, you're I mean, the new generation, hey, I only could speak for myself, man, you mm. know what I'm saying, I, I, I do my thing, man, <laughs> listen, I'm not that hard to deal with, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. that's all I can say, but you know, I'm sorry about to hear about your bad experiences with Dominican okay. men, <laughs> no, 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 I mean, my dad's whatever, but no, I've known so many, I mean, Dominicans and Puerto Rican men that are super, I mean, most of them in New York, but... Mm. Super dope. I kind of miss that. I was telling you earlier, I miss, there's some things I do miss about like living in major like urban cities. Like LA just doesn't, is not quite the same for me in that regard. Like I miss that kind of like that culture and that like kind of welcoming, especially on the Latin side, you know? So mm-hmm. I feel like it's not quite the same out here in, in that regard. So I, I go back all the time to New York and Seattle. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Well, let the people know where they can follow you at, you know, where can they uh, book your services yes. and all that good stuff. So we have xxcreative.com without an E, and that's the business side. And then I'm at Alexandria Bomb across all platforms. There it is, man. You heard that's it here it. first. I want to thank you for coming Thank you today. so much for having it me. It was a pleasure this to meet fun. you. Look forward to working with you in the near future. Yes. I wish you much success in all your endeavors. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode <laughs> of Sleep is for Billionaires, the podcast. I am your host, Johnny Vegas, Drea B. Hey. Make sure you tune in for more episodes to come and subscribe to the channel. I need all the damn likes I can get. <laughs> Stay tuned for more episodes to come. Thank you for watching.